Welcome back to the AOT Chronicles and Attack on Titan podcast. I am your host, Chad. Hey, I'm Ronnie. And uh, how are you doing today, Ronnie? And do better. What? What else do you have to do as the host? I'm going to announce the thing, but, but I want do to know it how first. Okay, fine. We've, we're covering today, Season 4, Episode 25, or Episode 84, Night of the End of the TV televised show Attack on Titan, or Shingeki no Kyojin. How are you doing today, Ronnie? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking, Chaz. Good. I haven't said that to you yet. Uh, we've been sitting down here for a couple hours now, and I'm sorry I forgot to ask you how you're doing. No, and it's fine. You know, you do get you get locked in at a certain point in the season when it's Sunday. If this wasn't on, we probably wouldn't record on Sunday. Sunday's just kind of a... What is Sunday for you? It's a very chillax day. Yeah, Sunday's just the biggest bittersweet day of the week. Um, the way my mind works is I'm already looking forward to the Monday that is, but I do get some enjoyment out of the day. So it's nice to have something to do, but when we do get in this mode, you kind of just come, you sit down, you watch the episode, you enjoy it, and then you write your notes, and then you realize, I haven't even talked to Chad yeah. that much. Yeah. I mean, you look like you're doing all right, so I guess it doesn't really matter. Thank you. But uh, what did you think about this episode? thought it was a good episode. It's the kind of episode that some people will claim to be bored by. But going forward, this whole team, by the way, I'm calling them the Stew Crew. Oh, yes. You came up with something. It's about damn time. It wouldn't make sense for all of them to be able to team up and work towards the same goal together without the conversations in this episode. I completely agree. Very dialogue heavy. But it makes total sense. And... The tension is there. I mean, you can feel the tension. But I agree, though. I thought it was a solid episode. I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, it's one of those where it's like, boy, oh boy, I don't know how we're going to cover this. We might do a very shitty job, or we might do an okay job. I think we're going to do great. Okay. So, Night of the End. We start off with Jean, okay? He's he's back By the way, Night of the End? Yep. There's a bunch of things in this episode where I do, I feel like it was the end of certain things we'll kind of mention them as we get to it but we've kind of i mean sure craziness is going around but it's kind of been calm these past few episodes i think that's over i think okay so you think the calmness is over and hopefully the uh the tension between our little stew crew Mm -hmm. is officially over now too and we can move on you know take the matter at hand which is dr genocidal galapagos he is the thorn in our side (laughs) So yeah, we start off with Jean. He's back into that that bedroom that he was in a couple episodes ago. Ears plugged. This is how Jean deals with trauma. And here's the thing. I don't think he's back in that episode. I think that this is that episode. I think we're doing a bit of a flashback. Uh, that's that's what I meant. That he's We're just back to that moment. Gotcha. Yeah, from a couple nights ago. Jean dealing with his trauma. He plugs in his ears and he sits in silence and tries to uh, think, I guess... This is kind of how I deal with trauma at night. Mm-hmm, I sit down, I'll wake up at three in the morning, plug in my ears, and just think about life and all the stress that's going on, and absolutely come up with zero conclusions. And then I just waste two hours of sleep at night. Well, he had a conclusion. He, he found his happy place. Yeah. You're saying you don't find yours? Well, I don't know if that was his conclusion or more of his copium of trying to well i said his happy place yeah he's coping with he's like you know what i'm coping with this genocide Mm -hmm. by imagining this happy place which i've noticed some defensiveness there on your part are you saying that you don't find a happy place you kind of just turn it back around on sean yeah i don't really find a happy place all right well i'd like to be there if you'd have me but yeah he's thinking about his interior and the the luxuries of his life while he's in the interior with his wife and his kids who when he imagines this we see uh you know an image of his wife and his child the wife looks awfully similar to mikasa ackerman yeah just because he hasn't talked about it in a while and for some reason you completely thrown the ship to the side even though you were all aboard in the first few seasons jean still holds a candle for mikasa they are in game shipping it I know. I knew you'd like that. I still think that Mikasa and Aaron are going to find a way to, to mm-hmm. get this worked out. And good luck with that. Uh, the most unrealistic part of this whole thing is he's mentioning prime real estate. Good luck, Sean. Not at these current prices. Yeah. 
My lord. The whole world, well, actually, yeah, you're right. The whole world's about to be flattened. Can you imagine the real estate on that island, how it is just going to skyrocket? It's jacked up. There's no other place to go. No. He's then rudely interrupted by Hanji banging on the window, okay, waiting outside. He's trying to ignore it, and he's coping, okay? We know Jean has changed since season one. He doesn't really think like that. But he's trying to convince himself and talk himself up to being like, you know what, I can just let Dr. Gigi flatten the earth and I'll just live happily ever after inside these walls with Flock and the others. He was drinking a beverage, some fine liquor, he said, just only the best for Jean. And his ice cubes didn't look like ice cubes. They just looked like hardened pieces of Titan that were just chopped off in his glass. (laughs) Even when he's trying to think of his... Happy place, it's still lingering in the back of his mind. So then we go to Hanji, Mikasa, and Jean secretly meeting and planning outside of the Jaegerist stronghold. Now I guess we'll call that. What was that little church you put on that word? Jaegerist stronghold? Yeah, but it kind of sounded like you were like, stronghold. Oh, yeah. Strong. I'm thinking in German terms. When it comes to Flock, I just start speaking German. Okay. (laughs) She updates them on Levi and how she's teamed up with Magath and the Cart Titan. She then says genocide is wrong, and they must stop Dr. Genocidal Galapagos. And that was something I came to find about myself. I always find, just me personally, on the side of that views genocide as being wrong. Yeah, it's somehow... Yeah. You somehow end up on that side most of the time. When the it's two weird. sides of the coin are genocide being wrong and then the other side being genocide, you know, yeah. it doesn't really matter who we're dealing with. I always just find myself on that side. Yeah, and it, I mean, Hanji, she's just so adorable right here. They, the camera is just right on her lips. I thought they did this pretty on purpose. They're showing how beautiful that mouth is. Okay. Okay. And she's talking about how genocide is wrong. First off, when a woman starts talking about how genocide is wrong, I get turned on. Okay? Right. Always happens. Second off... It's just such an extremely attractive quality. I, I put right here, des- she, she sounds very desperate, too, to stop him. Desperate Hanji might be my favorite side of Hanji, too. Yeah. She's looking real tasty. When okay. you can find tr- personality traits as attractive, that's just so great. Like, the top yeah. three, I think, have always been, you know... Can play an instrument well, artistic, and doesn't agree with genocide. Yeah, those are the top three traits in a lady. Hanji seems like she's got all three of them. She then tells them that she's not asking them to stop this, or she's not ordering them to stop this, she's asking them. While Mikasa then interrupts her and says, without even being convinced that she'll stop Eren from killing any more people than than he already has, even if if he's doing it to protect them and the island. So. Seems like a pretty lofty goal. Don't know how likely it is that she will stop him from killing any more than he already yeah. has. That's the thing about goals, people. Make small ones that help you chip away at your ultimate goal. Trust me. Do you know how many times I've tried to quit Honey Buns Cold Turkey? It has never been a recipe for success. You say, I'm not eating four today, I'm eating three. Mm-hmm. Then once you get to the third, you realize, okay, now that I said that in the back of my mind, I'm really not going for the fourth one. Yeah. you have that lighter goal. That's like her right here, though. Maybe when she sees, you know, a couple more people die, that will convince her even more, okay, now I really have to stop him from killing anymore. No, 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 because now her goal is like no more. So when she sees the other people die, she's going to get dejected and she's going to okay. fall apart. That's why she's got to be like, okay. she's got to pick a number. Like, I'm only letting him kill... 3,000 more. Okay. And then just have a running total, and until you get to that 3,000, you're still working towards that goal. Okay, I like that. But maybe when she sees kids and people die, she'll be like, okay, now I'm being serious about stopping Aaron. I wasn't serious at first, but I'm serious now. Okay. I do like that our main core, though, as much as they have been through, as much horror and stuff, you know, people have tried to kill them, all of that, they are still against mass murder and genocide. Because it would be... I know, obviously, no one agrees with genocide, but if you're just a lonely farmer on well, that flock island... Well, Flock and you do. You are, you're pretty on the side well, of like, agreeing listen, with that. I'm not agreeing. I'm just giving some... I'm being well, the just, devil's advocate mm, here. You've never said that before, the past five episodes when you've advocated for it. So, Well, okay, I'm t- 
telling you right now. If I'm a farmer on Parody, I've never once seen anybody on Marley. Hell, I don't even know if they exist. I know there's an ongoing war. I'm not going to care if somebody I've never met or if I don't even know is real all die and I live a peaceful life. You know what I mean? So it'd be easy like that. But the fact that they kind of, they've been over there, they've fought and stuff. They're like, well, not all of them are bad people. And you would think too that obviously the shit that Reiner's been through, he knows that not all the people on parody are bad people. So maybe we shouldn't kill all of them. Just the so, bad ones. So let me get this straight. Um, since Flock was only in the last seven seconds of this episode, yeah, you're going to spend a large part of this episode saying things that I said a few episodes back when you then disregarded and been like, no, I think Aaron and Flock have it completely right. Is that what's going on? Well, I'm not saying that. I'm saying there is a side to their argument yeah. that you can't completely ignore. Uh-huh. Aaron's been through a lot, and there's no other way. This is big for Mikasa, though, I think, because, well, I'm, I don't want to call her this right now. I call her this later on. I call her Simpkasa, because she's su- such a simp to Aaron, and I think that when it really comes down to it, she's not going to stop him, okay? This this is what I'm going to think right here. She's going to think back to all the good times when he murdered those two people at yeah. the age of nine, slaughtered their faces and their guts right in front of her, and how he saved her with that. She's going to think back to that and be like, okay, maybe I should help him out here. And that's when we're going to get Dr. Gigi and Mikasa versus this whole crew. I think that that's going to be really cool. But um, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> okay, well, I guess we're on different sides here. Yeah, Jean is then, he's then questioning this. Mikasa, it's crazy that Mikasa is the one that's like, okay, I'm all for it. Let's stop him. Being the one that's in love with Aaron. Jean is instantly questioning it, saying... He mentions that Aaron only has four years left, so if they do convince them to not do it, what are they going to do after those four years? So are we just going to continue to be hated by the world for years and then eventually just get destroyed anyways? Which he's got good points here. Like, there's not, there's really not an easy answer to any of this. Because, I mean, would you... So since you're so on the side of stopping genocide, Mm -hmm. would you be awesome with, okay, we just stop genocide and then your own people get genocided? immediately afterwards for the um i think fourth or fifth time on this podcast i'm going to once again uh really sink into this fact that i think there is a in between of just ignoring it and staying on the island and rumbling the every single titan in the walls and going to stop on the world but okay so how is ignoring it and just staying on the island going to stop the rest of the world for coming and that's what I said. I'm in between there. I think Armin, once again, you go do the Global Alliance, make all of them go, oh shit, they, they're not kidding about that rumbling thing. That was pretty substantial. Let's not mess with them. They're on an island all by themselves. We'll just, we'll just play it cool. We'll see if that works. There's no... Well, we won't see if it works because that's not what we're doing. <laughs> that's well, not what we're trying to do. You know, hey, they could convince him to do that. They could change his mind. <laughs> but yeah, Jean is desperate. He's desperate right here trying to defend Aaron. We know Jean doesn't really want to defend Aaron, but that's just his, his way of coping with the situation. Yeah, the reason he's saying this is put right there at the end of his like little um, daydream sequence where he's thinking, oh, I could just stay here and live inside the inner wall and live a happy life, or I can go fight even more, and then if that happens, then what? Yeah, and like he's just expecting him to himself to die. And then Hanji said she kind of breaks down and says genocide is wrong and I'll be damned before we justify it somehow. And obviously that's what Flock and them have done. Flock is Flock, I don't I really don't think Flock is that bad of a guy. Okay? I think he cares about his island so much. He's been through all that trauma that he is justified and fucked up his own mind so much that he's all for it. He's kind of like Yelena. They're very good people. They're not that crazy. <laughs> then Hanji says that it's dumb. It was her dumb, wishful thinking that led to Aaron doing this. She ran away from the problem. She was ahead of the scouts. Didn't do anything to stop it. And then she pulls an Irwin Smith and says that it feels like those who gave their hearts for humanity, for humanity's freedom, are watching me, and most of them dying without knowing the truth. As we get like a little visual in the background of Irwin, Mike, the rest of the squad, 
Did you call him Mike? Mike, Mike, whatever the fuck his name is. I, I like Mike better. <laughs> Once again, just having a really hard time with where you stand, each <laughs> podcast by podcast. Um, what a right, proper squad. You know, I've, we stood up and gave them all a 10-second genuine salute when they were on the screen. Yeah, we did. I will not be giving you a genuine salute, though, because I don't know exactly what the line was, but there was mention of Willie Tiberkin to our saviors, and you did not put it in your notes, which I'm pretty mad about. Well, and... Anytime... We, no, I don't... I think I did. I think d- I did. Okay. But this is so dialogue-heavy, and I've written so much that I'm not trying to just read line by line. And that's fine, but anytime <laughs> Willie Tiber's mentioned... You say you don't have to say the quote, but you got to say, "Oh, they shout out Willie Tiber, akin to our saviors." And the fact that you didn't do that, I'm pretty, pretty yeah. mad. The little boy in blue, you didn't mention him. Fuck you. I've got so many words on this. I'm not even gonna try to find it. This is gonna, this is gonna be rough, guys. This is a whole dialogue thing, and I have basically a novel written in front of me. She then says, "Though I don't think they were self-centered enough, like Flock." She doesn't say flock, but this is exactly what she's thinking. To say that mass genocide is right as long as the island is protected. She says this is our last chance as we get Jean seeing an innocent boy Marco with that adorable face. Full face, not half face. Standing there. Unnecessary, you know, to really put that in there, but... As they realize what must be done. And he says, Hanji, I'm a scout forever. And that is Ronnie's quote of the week. And the reason I say that is because I think Night of the End, I think this is the end of all the different branches of the military. Mm -hmm. We're done with that. There is no such thing. I mean, Hanji says it earlier. She's no longer the uh, in charge of the scouts, the commander, because it's like the old military's done for. They are, dude. And I, she mentioned that most of the people, you know, that were fighting for freedom died before they even knew that there was people outside the walls. Mm-hmm. I really do wonder if they were all alive still, how many would side with the flock and the Jaegerists and how many would side with the scouts. I would imagine that 90% of them would be on Hanji, Jean, and their side because the original scouts were not, like, they weren't like flock at all. No. No, she knew their uh, personality traits and stuff, and she knew the people that they were. Yeah, because they all of them, they Flock was one of those, he's an urgent recruit. Mm-hmm. Now know, there's but, a, it's a numbers game. Some are of course going to slip through the cracks, yeah. but but they were good people. They risked their lives to save people. They're not going to be trying to trample on children and whoever else. But then it says the title of the episode and we don't even have an OP. This no episode. rumbling. No rumbling. I was kind of sad by that because I wanted to get hype. Yeah. Headbang. I mean, you've only listened to that song like 9,763 times since this I know. Like, you need another opportunity to listen. It's ridiculous. It's definitely going to be my number one uh, played song on the you actually, year of 2020. When you realized that they weren't going to play the OP, you said, all right, hold on a second. You backed out, went to the episode before, fast forwarded <laughs> to that moment. Then you're like, okay, yeah. now we can continue with Now the we can go. But it, on the Spotify wrapped for next year, it is definitely going to be my number one played <laughs> number song. Number one. We now go to the forest where we have our newly acquired gang who you came up with the name of. Stew crew. Okay. And what are they doing? They're cooking up a stew. Yeah, Hanji's cooking up a stew, putting some hefty chunks of potato into it. Now, this was concerning. It looks like the rest of her veg is already in there, but in much smaller fragments. And by the time it takes for the chunks of potatoes, potatoes to be nice and tender, I am fearful of the state of the other components. You want to soften up everything in the stew, of course, but you don't want them to lose their integrity entirely. I knew you'd have a great take on this. More on the stew later. Okay. So we got the whole crew there. And I always think it's hilarious when I see the uh, Peaks Cart Titan just chilling out with them. And she's still just inside it, like kind of sleeping, like perched up. She looks like a cute little dog or something. Yeah, I say it somewhere later in my notes. I I was kind of sad that she was in her Cart Titan thing because I felt like she wasn't especially a part of the group she was there um i understand she's probably on the lookout in case some of the flock squawk comes creeping through the woods but even if she could have just been sitting on the nape but still connected to the cart i just wanted to see her pretty face you know yeah well her titan face is kind of pretty right no it's too many teeth very scary <laughs> no it is a chapped very... lips very chapped oh, lips yeah. very goofy looking titan 
But it is almost like a pet. Like they just have their pet. You know when yeah. people have a big group together and the dog is just chilling in the middle. Just like laying off laying to the up. side. Yeah. Yep. It's awesome. But I'm going to go through the group right here. Okay. We got Magath, Gabby, Falco, Reiner, Annie, Anya Capone, Yelener, Hanji, Armin, Connie, Mikasa, Jean, and then we have a sleeping mummified Levi just off to the side. Yep. Which is just so awesome. I almost forgot that he was even a part of this group until later on in this episode. I'm kind of surprised that at no point he was like, can you wheel me further away from all this? I do not care. Yeah. Makes me think, too. How is this guy going to do anything? Is he just going to be sleeping the whole time? I would love that. If they go to fight Dr. Gigi and Levi's just sleeping on just the flying rolling. Boat. He's just rolling his eye because we can't see both of his eyes. He's just yeah. rolling one of them. Like, this is ridiculous. Where's Zeke? Need to kill that guy. So I put here, Hanji is always good at breaking the ice. From the from season one, this is the type of woman I want in my life, okay? I'm a quiet guy. When it comes to big groups, I'm a very quiet gentleman. I need an outspoken, spunky woman to fulfill the other part of me. Yeah, to get you into the conversations. But yeah, she tells she breaks the ice by telling everyone to stop glaring at her and to help her out, okay? Help with this stew. She's already got it working. I don't really know. I mean... I know. I don't know why she says that, because what else could they even do to help Well, I'll her? tell you what. Theo is... Um, he's got a beverage there, and for the good of the stew, he should have offered Hanji some, because it appeared to be a member of the refined red family. It would have been a great addition to simmer down and add some acidity and brightness to the dish. You were right. And that's exactly what I put here, and I put Ronnie will say it better than I did. More on the stew later. Magath mentions how dumb of them it is to try and stop Aaron because they will have a, a paradise for island devils if they just let Aaron go through with the plan. He says he then says that we were trying to stop Aaron and Zeke all along from connecting, and y'all kind of stopped that from happening, or y'all kind of let that happen, and now we're in this situation. Yeah, which is, just, I mean, Theo's a little snarky here in the beginning. It's like, come on, dude, we didn't exactly see this happening. Yeah. It's just a classic case of you think you know a guy. Hanji says we were trying to stop genocide. I mean, they would be saying the same exact thing if Zeke had gotten his way. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, didn't you, uh, didn't you fight with that guy in battle for years and years and years? Yeah, didn't you uh, groom him to be the warrior that he was? Yeah, and then roles would have been reversed, and Theo would have been like, listen, it's a classic case of you think you know a guy. Yeah, it's a classic switcheroo case. He pulled the switcheroo on us. But yeah, that is funny though. They let they literally groomed a royal blood to form a titan and then cause genocide too. So he's yeah, he's just as much to blame. He's the part of the other half. So I'm telling you, man, it's a little snarky. So Jean, yeah, Jean and Maga they start arguing about what's justice and how us scouts and devils had to fight off your titans that you created for years just to survive. And during this intense talk, we get a bird's eye view of the stew. The uh, the camera angle that we're seeing here was really made famous by the Facebook page Tasty. Yep. Uh, it swept the world by storm for a while there, but it has really died down in the past few years because I believe people enjoy the aspect of human interaction when learning how to prepare a meal. Perhaps more on the stew. Well, actually, you know... By the way, earlier on, when throwing the potatoes into the base of the stew, yeah. it looked to be composed solely of water, and I was concerned about Hanji's chops as a chef. But when we see it now, it is appears to be boiling down quite nicely with a very red broth forming. That sneaky little minx threw a few spices in when we weren't looking. You go, girl. She did. She did. And they don't have to show it all, because you, you, you kind of come to that conclusion on your own, and I'm glad you saw that. Oh, I saw okay? it. You know your way around a kitchen. Wasn't sneaking by me. I... See paprika in a stew when I yeah. look you, at it. When or I you know your way around a forest, whatever you'd call this. And perhaps more on the stew later, we'll see. John then says, if you just left the island alone and Aaron didn't have to see his mother getting eaten alive, none of this would have happened. Okay, it's as simple as that. Don't let Aaron's mom be eaten in front of him when he's a crazy 10-year-old kid. I could really mess someone up, apparently. Yeah, and I put right here, you're not going to agree with me, but I'm going to say it again. Oh my god. <laughs> Hey, hey, dead horse. Sorry, but Chaz is getting ready to come beat you some more. I said Aaron is a psycho, but they created the psycho in a sense, okay? 
You um, get what you hey, deserve. Also, you no, get what also, you deserve. also, no, they didn't. He stabbed two men <laughs> before he ever saw his mother crumbling underneath the weight of a rock in the beam of her house on top of her. Okay, but what were those two men trying to do? Rape and kill uh-huh. a little girl. Okay. I'm not saying it wasn't justified, but I think we all should have been a little bit more concerned from the moment that we saw that. When he I said think Risha die. probably could have should have went into the interior, found some counseling for him. What do you what do you think? His words when he said "die, you filthy fucking animals." I'm just not sure that's the kind of event where you sleep it off and then you go back to school the very next day, <laughs> and then put your scar put your scarf around. The person you just saved yeah. and say everything's completely fine now. I mean, he wasn't completely lost. You can find, you can glean some uh, happiness through such actions of putting the scarf on the little girl you saved. But still, very concerning. I see myself a lot when I was younger, and Aaron. That's kind of why I'm. I do too. It's what scares me a little bit. Okay. Magathan talks about history and how the island's suffering is an absolute joke compared to the 2,000 years of suffering Marley had from Eldians. You know what's even crazier here is they have no idea about like the truth of Ymir and stuff. And I guess, what, does Aaron know that or did we just see that? Like when he touched Ymir, did he see that flashback? Is that how? Um, I think so, yeah. Okay. That's quite interesting to know that really... I mean, he is totally right. The Eldians were terrible, but the founder that he thinks is so terrible was actually a slave to Eldia, which is just wild to think about. Hey, the truth, it's not the truth, okay? Okay, I get you. Hanji then breaks the ice again. She keeps doing this. I love this woman. By saying it's silly to talk about the past when none of us were there. How about that, Ronnie? Such beautiful words. Even though that's what we do it's, every it's day on this planet. So so wise. So wise. Yeah. I talk about my ex-girlfriend cheating on me with another dude, even though I wasn't there. Okay, But I talk about it all the time. To be able to be part of the conversation while having such a good handle on this stew is just next level. I'm not, I know my way around a kitchen, but I do not know my way around a kitchen and a conversation at the same time. So are you starting to, you know, catch a feel for... My girl, Hanji? Oh, dude, bro code. I would never impede on your woman like that, but I do see all the qualities, and um, you're not good enough for her, but you did call dibs, so I will take my leave. Thank you for not being like my old buddy, Chet, who definitely impeded on my girlfriend. Now, if you perish quickly and, um, you know, Hitch hasn't found me carrying that candle for her, I would make a move on her. Well, she's in bed with another dude right now. Guarantee you. She's, Annie left her, and then she's like, who wants some pie? Instantly found like seven other guys. Magath has... Tr- huh? I'm editing that part out. <laughs> Magath has trouble understanding us weird devils trying to help the very world that is trying to destroy us. She says, for a few months we lived in the outside world. Okay, this is what I wanted to see. I think I said this several episodes ago. Part one, she said, we're making a base in Marley, and we're going there. And I think this is what she's referencing right right now. Why have we not seen this? Why have we not seen any of this? Because that would be... I feel like if we saw some of that, and them interacting in the outside world, like she's saying, this would make, when people start dying, this would make it even more sad. Okay? I want it to be so sad that I never watch another show again because my heart's crumbled. Okay. okay? All right. But it is, did you get that vibe too? That's what she's talking about? I didn't get that vibe, um, but I see where you're coming up with it. That's why I need you here. You know, I feel, I feel like you've been limping kind of through these notes. It was a tough It was a tough note task. It is tough, dude. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, uh, you know, harping on how poorly you've been doing. I'm just, I'm understanding you. Okay. And to be able to see that ray of sunshine bursting through the cloudiness that is your notes... I give you a hand. And I'm going more. I'm going in more with it right now. It's like what Aaron said to Reiner when he was undercover as Mr. Hobo. Okay, He said, we're all the same. We're all just people. There's good, there's bad. But on our respective homelands, we're just people. Yeah. It's just like that. It's just like when I guarantee you, they're just people over there, Ronnie. Okay. 
This is where the stories come in full circle. Uh huh. You know, they are people. None of them are devils. Okay. Or as Magath would say, there's another perspective. They're all devils. Even <laughs> himself. Where are you getting all this ammo from? Jeez. Annie then asks if they can kill Aaron. By the way, Annie, from the moment she first started speaking to when she really starts speaking, she teleports from behind them to in front of them very quickly. I also think this shows a lot of character growth for Annie. She did a lot of maturing in that ice cube of hers. She was not the type of person to feel comfortable in her own skin standing in the middle of a circle yeah. saying like it was around this campfire. But she is now, and for that, I say good on her. Yeah, she really grew up, even though you said she uh, stayed the same age in that ice tunnel. Once again, don't need to defend myself, because I think everyone knows how that went down. And then Simkasa says, uh, there are other ways to stop him. We can just whisper in his ear and ask him nicely. And he says, yeah, let's just ask him nicely to commit, not commit mass genocide. I'm sure that will go very well. Is there really, at this point, is there's no other way besides just killing him than stopping this thing? And even even if you kill him, does this stop this rumbling? Right, All right. Mean, it is just... It is going to be tough. I The only way I know around it is Zeke at this point. Um, Zeke's got to come back into play here. And obviously we know he had some pretty crazy thoughts. Here's the thing about Zeke. Zeke has his mind made up on this whole... Um, euthanization plan but as far as the two sides of the coin one of them being very far gone i think i would rather try and talk zeke into being like hey we don't have to do this more so than aaron so do you think after the shit that when they went through the memories and stuff i bet his mind has already changed some Mm -hmm. anyways yeah so i think i think zeke is our last card we have to play uh we gotta team up with him and try and get him to be able to have the power that Aaron's got. Yeah. I, and then he's going to tell them, look, guys, I went, we went through years of memories and I was with that guy for a long time. We're not changing his mind. We've got to just stop him right now. Uh, we've already seen Aaron do what needs to be done in the regards of like being a complete douchebag to Armin and Mikasa, who we feel like are the only people he truly cares about. So the idea that they're going to be able to go up and have a conversation with him to change all this just doesn't seem likely. So it's got to be more mm-hmm. from like an attack standpoint, I feel like. But Armin speaks up and he says, we won't know until we try. So he's still... He's still got life in him to say things like this. And then she says, I knew it. If the rest of us from Marley try to kill Aaron, you guys will end up fighting to protect him. Right, Simpkasa? And her name's Mikasa. Quit doing that. I don't know why you're degrading she, characters that I'm we've not been with for 84 episodes. I love her. I'm just saying. A simple-minded buffoon like yourself that's going to just follow Aaron to the end of the world. It's just I'm sick. Did, it's I'm sick. not saying It's it. sick. I'm not and saying fuck it. you. And if you want to duel, let's fucking duel right we now. Will. I guarantee you. I will I'll duel, duel you. you. I will duel you. <laughs> All right. Let's duel. God. Fire. We're firing up Guitar Hero after this. Find a... <laughs> Co-op duel. Find a woman you support other than Hanji. Why are you just throwing all these? Uh, Hanji and Flock are the two people I support in this show. Gosh. I should talk Hit. Then you should talk Peak. Then you should talk Mikasa. They're strong female characters, Chad. And I know that makes you uncomfortable, but respect them. Sick of it. I just can't wait for the scene later on in this show where they all team up. Just the women together. And he then says, you can't imagine anything more important than Aaron. And then that's when Mikasa starts losing her shit a little bit. Pulls out the ODM gear, ready to slice her up. It's so fucking loud. Yeah, I'm sorry. Those waters, that water's rushing through the pipes. I had I texted Chaz's mom to run him a bath to cool down after this yeah. uh, stressful <laughs> note-taking says he's had. Yeah, I definitely... Well, you didn't text her because she doesn't know how to read. I don't know Extra how she Extra bubbles. Read I, well, it was a voice. It oh, was a voice, voice okay. text. That makes sense. That makes sense. Where was I at? Because I'm going to have to redo that after that. Um, it's just Mikasa has... Yeah, she pulls Mi- out her ODM gear, yep. but there's not actually blades in it. It's kind of just like... Yeah, hey. she's ready to put them in there, though. And she says, oh, you want to take me out? And then we've got Armin's girlfriend, Annie. She pulls out the ring. She's ready to slice her hand. This is a this is the combat that we've wanted to see. We saw the flashback in like season two, where they apparently were about to fight. 
I wanted to see this happen. I know, but this wasn't. is this isn't the true version of what we wanted to see because it's like Annie's already trying to use her cheat code. It's like, oh yeah, Annie turned into a titan. No, put the ring away. We'll give you some swords. That's the duel we want to see. Oh, okay, yeah. And actually, I don't want anyone to die. So put the swords away altogether. Let's just have a little a and sparring Annie. sesh. Yeah, because Mikasa being an Ackerman is totally not a cheat code. It would be, and once again, just completely undermining the skill of Annie. She's a force right, to be reckoned right. with, okay? She's been taught Muay Thai for several years. I take that back. I'm sorry. It would be very hard to be Annie's significant other. Imagine how many times you would be cut by that ring of hers. Ronnie's a hand holder, so I can only imagine how many scrapes I would be on the receiving end of. By trying to like sneak a little handhold from her, and I forget about the ring. I'm like, oh, ouch. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, too, you would do that, and she would get surprised, and then instantly just flip you over her shoulder, throw you down, and then be like, oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. No. Just to, that's my defense mode. And she might do that, but that's why I would be a good boyfriend. I would stay with her to help break those walls of defensiveness down. I'd show her real love, but it, and the ring would just be a laughing thing. Okay. After a while, it'd be like, oh, I got, you got me again. Bring out the stitch kit. Why is that thing so sharp? The stitch kit. Okay. I feel like, too, she would just dominate you in the bedroom, though, if y'all did date. But that's really any girl. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Annie then says, the only reason I want to stop Aaron is because my father and Marley, I want to save him. And she says, if you can change his mind, fine. We need all the help we can get. And then the tension breaks off, and Mikasa agree- turns around. She can't look her in the eyes and say this, and says fine, and agrees. The The whole tension here but um, between these two obviously is awesome, but it, it started panning to each person, and I, I thought it was hilarious because it, it panned to Levi, and it just shows him in the corner sleeping yeah. with the tape all over his face, and I'm like, Trying Poor to sleep. Levi. Yeah, trying I'm afraid he's not been able to reach Snoozeville, as we'll see a little bit later. He's just trying to, and that's the most that's the most annoying feeling ever. He's definitely got running through his mind the word brat. He's thinking these stupid brats. That's one of his favorite words. Yeah. And then that's when we get Hanji again breaking the ice. What is the break the ice counter on this woman? I believe today? that's three that you've mentioned. And she, that's when she taps... This is a typical chef move, Ronnie. This is something that you would do. She yeah. taps the uh, the stew pot with her spoon and says, All right, the food is ready. Let's eat. Let's get it. Like nothing happened. I love it. And uh, Hanji, she's got as much power as like your grandma does. When she says that it's time to eat, I don't care what you're doing. You better fucking get up and go eat. Yep. You know what I mean? Because there is nothing more that will make a... a person mad a grandma I saw like a grandma a hanji then someone who says all right it's time to eat and then you like dilly dally for a little bit you're yep. like oh let me finish this real quick no that is a one-way ticket to getting a slap on the wrist that's also the same thing with grandmas even if you have just eaten before you came over to visit her mm-hmm. you've ate like a seven course meal and you can absolutely not eat anything else if she offers you food you better put some of that in your damn mouth yeah or she will lose her mind. The number of times I've had a seven-course meal and go for the eighth course over out at Mamaw's is ridiculous. It's just, it happens all the time. Hanji then starts to discuss strategy. She says, with rested horses, it takes about five hours to get to the port. And then she mentions the ass and mojitos and the flying boats that are waiting there. I mean, we've still got these people. We've got flying I mean, freaking flying boats, okay? Anytime you say the word flying boats. Yeah, everyone remembers the flying boats. Yeah. It's the integral part of the ass and machitos. I mean, just think about it this way, too. People in the past always said flying cars are the future. No, it's flying boats. And we've always said that. It's just such a more realistic blueprint. You know, a car, serious, no. Boat. They already have sails on them, people. Yeah. Oh, God. They also mention the limited fuel that they'll have when they fly in the air with their boat. And then Magathan says that, <clears throat> well, that's why we captured that tall bitch over there. We need some info from her and what she said to Aaron and how she, what's it called, talked about the homeland. And No, he said something about her uh, explaining the whole homeland layout to Aaron, which is pretty hilarious that 
she basically gave Aaron the whole blueprint of where he's going to rumble the world. And forgive me, I'm nodding my head about what you're talking about. I'm still thinking about flying boats. This is why if you've ever heard Elon Musk, one of the greatest minds of our generation, talking about flying cars, he shits on him. He's like, no, it's just not possible. It's not a thing that's going to be the propul. He talks about the propulsion, and I'm like, yes, of course, mm-hmm. the propulsion it just doesn't make sense. He's saying that because, but he never talks, you ever notice how he never shoots down the idea of a flying boat? Flying boats. And no one ever asks him about it. No. That's another good question. If you don't think Elon's got some blueprints on flying boats and he laughs anytime he gets the flying car question because these idiots aren't thinking about the actual realistic opportunity. Well, think about him and our Lord and Savior, Jeffrey Bezos. They both get him to a trail in to rockets, flying rockets. What do rockets look like? Penises. Penises. Especially Jeffrey's. What else they look like? Cocks. Okay, what else? Um, do flitchies. That's what I used to call penises when right, I was a young, flitchies, a young yes. lad. Yep. No, boats. They look more like boats than they do cars. Okay, that's a hidden message that they're not telling us about. Okay. I must need to like start turning my head a certain way because I don't... Do they look like boats? It just looks I like mean, a... I mean, I think if you like... If you've got like the screen going and you go upside down, they look like an, a boat kind of. Okay. They got fins. They have fins. They do fins. have fins, yeah. yeah. Which is the technical term for it. Yolita then says she doesn't know Jaeger's plan. And even if she did, why would she tell it you? We found out that she taught, like I said, Aaron, everything about the homeland and that they planned out this whole rumbling thing. She, that he planned out this whole rumbling <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I have so many. You wouldn't believe, If you saw my notes and how many mistypes I have, because I was so tired of pausing from how much dialogue there is in this episode and just trying to type through it, and I'm not a good typer. You're not a good typer. We've, not a good typer. We know that. I'm an okay typer, but if I'm looking at the screen and trying to type and stuff, not that good at it. This word right here, okay? I just want to read out what it says. Knack ground. Um, Aproy Balby. <laughs> Apro Baldy. Balby. Oh, Afro Balby. Afro Balby. And um, Roiny Coleman. Okay. Well, that's me. That's you. That's you. So, the last thing I have in my notes, though, is while Yelena is talking, no one really cares because she's a crazy bitch. We keep getting these sick shots of just horses eating hay. Yeah. And then the night forest and the moon. There's beautiful shots of the moon slash branches. There are. It's a great looking forest. I've got a note about that in my section here coming up. And then I put right here, it is now Roiny Coleman season. <laughs> I like how I like how while taking notes that we're gonna lead you into forty five minutes of this podcast, you were still cracking wise in your notes. Like you weren't you weren't ready to just be like and Ronnie's turn. You said Ronnie did you say season? It's my season. It's, I put Roiny Coleman season. Okay. If you need to go like hit the showers for 10 minutes, you need me to need hold to. the wheel for a second. That's fine. I think I, that bath is filled to the brim now. I am so hungover from yesterday. Okay. So we are. We're in the process of interrogating Yelena still. Connie is talking with his mouthful. A pet peeve of Ronnie's. There's well, What? I think you just don't like Connie, but okay. Well, I, you know, he's not my favorite, but it is a pet peeve of Ronnie's. They're saying, isn't she going to be upset if her homeland gets crushed? And while she is sitting there with a stupid look on her face, (laughs) not eating the stew, which is fucking rude, by the way. Eat the stew. Hanji slaved over it, okay? Yep. She's trying to kill herself. I mean, sure, the potatoes might not be tender, but eat around them at the start, and maybe by the end, they will be sitting in the hot broth, and they will come to 100% potato-eating preparedness. Where they just melt in your mouth? Exactly. Yep. It's just rude. I don't get it. Theo calls her out, by the way, says she is a Marleyan bastard too. Whoa. What did you think of this other layer added to old Yelena? I put, she's even a crazier bitch than we originally thought. Well said. Well said. Uh, Peek speaks up in her scary cart voice, and oh my god, is she sassy. She is. She is. I wish you would have said something about you bearded shit. You remember how, remember how yeah. she had the fake beard? She didn't mention the fake beard. I thought she was going to, though. She's going to be so passive-aggressive. I love it. She says, ever since she met Zeke, she pretended to be from a country annexed by Marley. She built her 
own fairy tale about saving the world with her prince. Ooh. She really, Ooh. really wanted that Zeke meat. God, any referring to anyone who's an adult woman about a fairy tale world with her prince is just such a mm, Peak does not like this bitch. Well, I've got two points right here too. Awesome by Peak, but one is do you think she's jealous that Hanji got to see Zeke nude? Because Hanji got to see full on Zekery nude. Yeah. And two, do you think that Zeke and Yelena ever boned? While they knew each other. No, because once again, I think we've talked about this before. He doesn't believe in reproduction. Well, that for one. And two, um, if they had, she would not be this crazy. You're, okay, yeah. It's like once you get the dose, you calm down. It's like any relationship based purely off looks ever. After a while, it dies down. you got to talk to the person. It's Do you like, think Zeke at least gave her a little smooch and was like, you'll get the rest later? And so she was always hoping she'd get the rest. He might have been did. stringing her along just like Aaron is stringing along Flock. That's definitely possible. <laughs> oh, so you think Aaron smooched Flock and said you'll get the rest later? <laughs> I think that's very possible. Okay. Dude, if they do that in this show, if they show <laughs> the flashback, when Aaron apparently told Flock that he was going to be the ruler of the inside yeah. of the And then wall. just gave him a little... And said, you'll get the rest later. <laughs> so, Yelena smiles, says something while petting the cart tight. And she's trying to regain some pride here. But Peek has absolutely slammed her. So she just looks even more foolish. as so she tries to talk about how noble of a deed she was trying to be involved with. Yeah. This is when we get to the calling card. And it's one of the best ones we've had in a while. It's Hanji <laughs> Stew. <laughs> ingredients pilfered from nearby villages which i'm not so sure th- i said it was one of the best calling cards when do they have time to go pilfer through the villages i believe this is part of the uh all the goods that they packed onto those carts it's just kind of yeah i thought seems like they've had a hectic day i don't does know. this mean yeah because i kind of took it as maybe the jaegerists did that they were did that and then they stole it from the Jaegers because I always thought yeah I thought that's how they got these supplies was by stolen goods from the Jaegers yeah and maybe initially they were pilfered from the villages so it's still true but I think that they got them from over by the stronghold yeah the flock cock squat uh it's filled with a bunch of potatoes to help fill the stomach and she's getting ready to try and do this whole thing where she calls everyone else around the fire it's kind of lame but it is fun to talk about uh she says Reiner how many Eldians were beaten because of the walls you broke down? Well, before this, too, uh-huh. though. Before this, I just wanted to mention this line. You did say that <clears throat> she talks about uh, her idea of saving the world. When Peek is talking to her, mm-hmm. she then pets Peek on the face. Yeah, I mentioned that part where she's when petting she the car tie and trying to regain some pride here. She kind of calls them back out in their ideals of saving the world, which I really liked right here because Zeke's idea of saving the world was the same as Yelena's, as in not letting anybody reproduce. Maggoth's idea of saving the world was slaughtering all the island devils and stealing back the founding titan. And our scout's idea of saving the world was just slaughtering the the innocent, mindless titans running around. I I like how she kind of throws that all back on them and says, well, y'all are all pretty crazy too because y'all have these master grand plans of saving the world. I'm not the only crazy one is how I took that. Yeah. Even though she is definitely way crazier than uh-huh. they are. She has got some egg on her face. She is crazy. <laughs> she says, Ryder, how many Eldians were beaten because of the wall you broke down? And this was also the point of the episode where it truly hit me for the first time that Reiner was indeed here. And the poor guy, he still <laughs> is not dead. He's still just here. Oh, <sighs> poor guy. She says, Annie, you've killed a few scouts yourself, not to mention civilians. Armin, wreaking havoc at the port. All those civilians you've, uh, with all those civilians, you built a mountain of corpses yourself. Jean, you fired a thunder spirit falco while aiming at the cart. Okay, we've taken a step down. Do you see that step? Do you see that one? Armin, Armin, you vaporized a whole town of innocent people. Uh Jean, you fired something at a kid that didn't actually hit him. She's running out of steam there. You see what I'm saying? Then she goes, Gabby, you killed Sasha. She would have loved the stew. <laughs> she would have loved to have been a part of this stew crew. And Connie, by the way, is the kind of guy, he's like sitting over there waiting for his turn. He's like excited. And then she just completely skips over him, over him and he's like, fuck. 
Come on. John fired a Thunder Spirit Falco, and he got mentioned I kidnapped him and was going to give his Titan power to my mom. I still, nothing, nothing. Come on. He's like, what am I getting my lines of dialogue where I don't have food in my mouth? I got to hit my quota for the episode. That is so true. Connie didn't say a single word, did he, this no. episode? Well, he said some food or stuff with food in his mouth. And what was mad. it he even said? Did I don't he know. Mumble? I just noticed that he had food in his mouth. It said, swallow, then speak. Okay. Jean, he couldn't care less what Yelena's saying. He's enjoying the stew. And then very calmly, you know, he asks for seconds. Me and him are in the same regard there. Uh, and like I said, couldn't care what Yelena was saying. Me and him in the oh, same yeah. regard there. Yeah, it's like, why would we listen to this mammoth of a lady? But he regroups, Sean. He sends a volley back in Yelena's direction about how she was shooting people in the head. And none of them were necessarily doing that to their own team. You know, she was shooting people on her own team in the head. Well, maybe Reiner was, but I guess he was undercover. But Yeah, the, uh, different teams. He was just playing on the other side. So she plays her final card. It's a pretty good one. It's the Marco card, a very powerful one to play amongst this particular group. Um, its damage does triple when in the midst of the Stu crew. She says Annie was involved. Have you had a chance to ask her about that? That whole Marco thing? Annie, she's a proud woman. She admits to it without even being asked. She says, I took his ODM gear and I left him for dead. Reiner, he steps up too, hoping that someone puts yep. an end to him because people really don't understand how tired he is. He's so tired. Yeah, it, Reiner is trying so hard to be judged by others that he comes off as just being such, not an asshole, but he definitely gets what's coming. Okay, He's just like, he's like, oh my God. I he's such a sad sack of shit. He's like, do you realize how much I was ready to give in when... Uh, the Falco Giraffe Titan was chomping at my nape, and then Porco did that lame uh, sacrifice that was just unneeded. Like, I was so ready to go. Yeah. Did, did Porco not see that? Jeez. It's like, now I have to go and try and fight this Dr. Genocidal Galapagos guy? It's just <laughs> unbelievable. He says that Annie was following his orders, and he tells the tragic tale. He overheard him and Bert's convo, speaking of Marco, that is. And so they had to let a Titan eat him. And it's the only choice. You kind of mentioned this earlier, but they play around with shots a lot this episode, which is good since all of it takes place around this fire. You've got to keep it fresh. So a lot of unique tree limbs get some airtime tonight, and I enjoy yeah, it. They really, you, you are so right about that. There yeah. was like, there was one point. It might even be this particular point right mm-hmm. here where they show just five different tree limb yeah. shots. Where I was like, dude, that was kind of. That was nice. It makes me want to go have a right. campfire. I was, I was in my analytical state because, you know, I was immersed into the episode. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a very bendy limb. And then see yeah. another one. I'm like, oh, wow, a lot of leaves on that one. Good for it. And the next one is like, oh, that one's pretty stiff. It's pretty yeah, stiff. That's a pretty stiff one. And then if you look in the background, that one's a little uh, loose. You know, that mm-hmm. that would not be good firewood. You you want something that's not so yeah. rubbery such as that. You're like, oh, that's a, uh, that's a sweet gum. We don't really want to burn mm-hmm. those. And then it goes to an oak, and you're like, oh, oak. Perfect. Great. Perfect. Uh, what was I was talking about this uh, this right here? Yeah, enough about the... Yeah, I'm, I apologize about that. I just I got lost in him. Jean asked if Marco had any last words. And for those who don't remember, they are some of the most sweet and innocent final words someone could have. Ryder just goes, he said, meat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a two different playing fields where these final words are. Meets and then Marco, he says, we haven't even talked this through. Oh, so innocent, so sad. Uh, oh, I wish I was just half of the man that guy was. Fuck you, rip Marco. Love you, bro. Hanji says, this is so good. She breaks the ice. Ice counter. She's talking four. like, this is so good. You know, we're talking in this circle. Group therapy, one of the best forms of it. Usually we would just be at each other's throats. This is totally like kind of an AA meeting. Mm-hmm. It really is. But Reiner, he does not take the assist from Haji to move on. So he goes on to say he watched it happen, and he wondered why Marco was being eaten because he was delusional. He was yeah. uh, he was going through, I, um, what's it called? Split personality? No, I mean, he was doing that too. What is it? Oh, he was going through... Fuck. 
I don't You're even... catching the bug. I'm, I know. I'm giving catching you the, the bug. I'm giving you the virus. But Reiner, he comes off as... Listen, he's he is such a sad sack of shit, and I do feel bad for him. But the way he is saying these things, it comes off as if, he, if as if he's trying to get other people to feel bad for him. And it's kind of... Well, no, it's the same exact version of Reiner as we saw early in the season when he's at dinner with the bronze, and he's talking about how... Yeah. The one girl gave a potato. It wasn't even half. He gets lost in these things. Yeah, and he and builds them up in his own bad. mind. Yeah, and he he just then he looks up and everyone's like looking at him like, oh my god, yeah, <laughs> poor dude, <laughs> just gets lost in a story. He says, "Don't forgive me. I'm truly worthless." And then this is the final brewing point. This is when Jean had enough. He says, "I'm sorry." Yeah, Jean's uh. like, "Fuck you." absolutely pummels his face they make great use of squishing sound noises that made me very uncomfortable about five or six hits straight to the freaking face yeah gabby seizes this uh gabby sees this as an opportunity to get involved she gets kicked in the gut it's well he did get one i i did see this about jean i I like this a lot he got one good liver kick into reiner was going for the second kick Mm -hmm. and then that went straight to gabby's gut. gotcha but I did like the liver kick. Pretty pretty cool. And this, once again, we see how far Gabby's come. She doesn't get crazy mad like she would have early on and calls him a devil. She gets sad. She takes a moment, catches her breath because the wind definitely got knocked out of her. I can't believe how quickly she got that back. She's a tough son of a gun. She says, we wanted to wipe out everything living on parody. And now my family in Liberia, they'll all be wiped out. I'm sorry. I know it's shameless of me to ask, but we need your help. I'm begging you to help us. How crazy is it that she's almost the most reasonable person at this campfire right now? If you would have said that in the beginning of this season, right. no one would have ever believed you. It's true. Falco, he's not the kind of guy that let his woman fight these battles by herself. He's right there with her. says, let's stop the rumbling together. And then they take turns saying please. And then Jean has to stare at those two cute little innocent faces and not feel bad about what he just did. Well, and it's too much for him to take right here in this yeah. moment. He's got to go walk away, cool down for a second. Hanji asks about his seconds. What a woman says. What a shame to, or it's just a shame to leave them there. But she, and that's it. She wasn't breaking the ice here. I don't know if we can count this, but we're at five or six right now. Yeah, this wasn't even breaking ice because she was legitimately concerned, as was I. The good news, and I think Jean, he was already cooling down. He had the wherewithal to think of this. He's like, no, it's it's a stew. It'll be fine tomorrow. Yep. It'll be great leftovers. And he had to go, poor Jean, deals with his trauma by plugging in his ears, fingers in the ears, and just taking a break. Just in the woods. We all need that sometimes. Uh, meanwhile, I would be on my third serving, by the way, because yes. they were pretty small bowls. I would be going back for a fourth. It's like we just look in the back and you just see Flagel, and he's like somehow already gotten four bowls. And we're like, Flagel, what did you get here? Whoa, Flagel. <laughs> he's got like saltine crackers that he's crumbling into. I'm like, where did you get those? <laughs> it amps up the texture, amps up the soup to the next level. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, then a little moment from Theo here. He wants to help comfort Gabby, but he's a hardened man. You know, he's been in war all this time. He's just not secure in the art of comforting people, he's but he not, wants to. And he's he is like a father to her, mm-hmm. which is so weird. But he's already hugged her before earlier on. He just didn't hug her while other people were around. Exactly. And I respect it. I will never hug my daughter with other people around. He, he's going to get there, and it's going to be beautiful. Levi sits up and complains about how noisy these yeah. people are. I love. I just like to imagine that he's wanted to say this for the last forty-five minutes, and that he finally was like, "Okay, I think it's, I think it's the time to say it." Everyone's kind of on edge because of how tense it is, and Levi is so like, just level-headed, so calm. He's just like, "Will you guys figure this out and go to sleep?" Yeah. Next morning, Jean wakes Gabby up, says it's time to leave, and he says, "Of course." I'm going to help you. And uh, he goes over to Reiner, tells him to get his ass up, because, of course, he's already healed from the night before. I was going to say, too, that says a lot about Gabby, especially with the uh, the fact that they mentioned that Jean threw a thunder spear at Falco. Mm-hmm. Connie tried to feed Falco to his mom, and she's still teaming up with him. 
Yeah. It's a lot going on. There's some awkward assigned seating for the carts. Uh, you know, Jean's says sorry to Gabby, but he's not apologizing to Reiner. Wrecked. And it was at this moment I couldn't... It was the first time I thought about it this episode, and I don't know why it made me think of it, but I was like, I cannot wait for Keith to be here. He's on his Dude. way. He's, he's on his way. He might have even been watching the Stu crew, but he came in at like an awkward oh. moment. He's like, now's not the time. I'll wait until they all cool down a little bit. I thought of something. You, you were so right about Keith. I thought of something even better. Yeah, tell me. Oh my God. Ronnie, you're going to love what? this. I'm excited. You're going to love this. He's... He's undercover with the Jaegerists. He's Ooh. an undercover Jaegerist. And when they, they're going to go fight him, mm-hmm. when all hope is lost, he's going to come out he's of the coming. shadows and just start popping people. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, but Could no. you imagine if Flock dies at the hand of Keith? We will be safe. <laughs> I will be so obnoxious on this podcast oh, yeah. that we will lose... 97% of our audience. 3% of it will be here for it. Yeah. But 97% is going to be like, oh, oh my, God, my God, why are they talking so much about Keith Sadies? Because I'm starting to lose flock. Keith Shotties. Commandant. Yeah, Commandant. Shotties. Sadies. I like Sadies better. I'm starting to lose flock, though. The more the episodes go on, he's just slowly just losing me. He's becoming such an asshole. It's because we saw on evidence screen more and more that he's against Keith and that just yeah. is not gonna fly that's not gonna fly so so the cart titan runs up says the port is occupied by Jaegerists who have a bunch of anti-titan gear and also we see Flock is standing by Kiyomi Azuma and give me the Beatos with a gun he's got a gun uh, he doesn't look cool that was my one note and I feel like he's been standing like this for the past 25 minutes <laughs> and that's the end of the episode oh flockery there's so much flockery going on in this could next episode please be the end of flock it feels like how much longer can we it feels like next episode we can focus on it you know right he could be the big bad but let's not drive it into the ground let's put it into that guy i do have one the last sentence i have right here and i think you're gonna like it because say it to me where is the rumbling (laughs) Right. Where is it even at? Where is it at? Where is it at? They're they're on their way to the port. Obviously, Aaron, that's where he he's on his way to is the mm-hmm. port because he's got to go across the sea to get there. Yeah. Where you don't hear anything, you don't see anything. He got a little bit of a head start. Granite Colossal Titan's very slow. But where is he at? They're either underwater or Doctor Gigi is so large that he's just walking across the sea, and all the Colossal Titans have grabbed onto his rib cage, okay. using them as monkey bars per se. And are making their way across the sea like that. Can't okay. wait to see it. I, I hopefully we get Keith next episode. Mm-hmm. If we don't get Keith next episode, I will be a little disappointed. But I think we're gonna finally get him. And I think my my hypothesis is gonna be right. He's going to be. I the love that most I, James yeah. Bond undercover flock cock squawk person that would be phenomenal especially if he can get his hands on one of those cool black suits oh my god <laughs> can you imagine how oh. that hugs all the right oh. places on commandant keith and then he he comes up dude he comes up with his line from part one where he says i told you flock that you and your little gang of ass wipes yeah are gonna die by the hands of an old man like me he says that and then, and then he chokes goes, him out because all you ever were was just a wimpy tot and then just yeah. domes them right between the oh, eyes. No, he kills them with his bare hands. Oh, Doesn't you're even right. <laughs> even better. Uh, you told me not to forget. Of course, I wouldn't. Hug of the week. It goes to Jean this week. Okay. I like that. He's he's dealing with a lot. Reiner does, definitely doesn't need a hug. I mean, at a certain point, Reiner, if you give him a hug, he's like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? He's like, squeeze me tighter until I go night-night. The only person that can give Reiner a big enough hug is Dr. Genocidal Glock. <laughs> Himself, yeah, that's the only one. All right, and that, well, you got anything else? How's that pit smelling right here at the end of the year? I know you were doing some rough. sweating earlier Ooh. on. No, I was definitely sweating. Taking. My hands are sweaty. Um, yeah, there's a lot of typing going on, and I did not put deodorant on this morning. I just realized it. But we're far enough away where you can't smell it. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. You can follow us at Podcast Chronic. Uh, you can join the Patreon. The link's in the description. It's 
patreon.com slash podcast chronic. This week, we talked about polar bears, a guy we know who joined a nudist colony, and we uh, named, or we, and what we call our special moves in the bedroom. Okay. A little tease for you. Um, anything else you want to say? Subscribe on YouTube, of course. That's your, that's your thumbs favorite up. thing to say. Give us the thumbs up. We, we got past the 200 sub mark. Now let's get to the 300. We're yeah. Gonna slowly, 100 at a time is like what I like to say in life. It's so crazy that we just sent that, uh, we sent that email into YouTube and we're like, hey, can you make it to where people, uh, have to stop disliking our YouTube videos? And they're yeah. like, I'll tell you what, we'll just take the dislike function off the entire platform. And we're like, wow. Thanks, guys. Thank you. And they said, congrats on 200 subscribers. We'll get that plaque to you out, get that plaque to you soon. Yeah, the supply chain issues, though. It's taking a while. It is taking a while, but we're on the lookout for it. Uh, I've been Ronnie. I've been Chatty. Peace. Peace.